Welcome to season two of Step Monster. I'm Bailey and this is Elise. We're two friends who found each other by chance and haven't looked back since. In this podcast, we talk about the highs and lows of what it's like to truly be a stepmom. Grab a drink and join us for this wild ride. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to Step Monster. We are super excited to bring you an episode today that was a request from our private Facebook group. Actually, it got the most votes when we asked what type of content you all want to hear coming up. And the topic in particular is one around acceptance slash appreciation and sort of the idea of knowing what you're getting into, which is a phrase that I feel like as stepmoms we have heard all too often. You know, you knew what you were getting into when you were marrying someone with kids and while we may have known that they did in fact have kids, we definitely could not have been fully prepared for the emotions that come around with that and want to make sure that we give you the best advice that we can. But I want to kick it off. So question for you, Elise. We talked a little bit earlier when we were texting about preparation for this episode in particular, and we talked about just like the need of the need to feel accepted and the need to have your family look and feel a certain way. What are your thoughts on that? And where do you think that stems from? Okay, first off, I have to say, when you're like, we knew we had stepkids, but we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. I laughed because can you imagine if you just didn't even know that the other person had kids and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, just FYI. Uh, red <laughs> so red flag, kids. run away. <laughs> oh my gosh, that like made me laugh. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I think that in what I had kind of said to you this morning was you grow up with this idea of this nuclear family, right? And as a little girl, you think about how many kids you want to have and what your life is going to look like. And I don't think anywhere in my mind or most women when they're young girls think about maybe I'll be a stepmom. Like, that thought never crossed my mind one time until I started dating a man that had kids. So, you know, you spend your entire life dreaming about what your life will look like, what who your husband will be, how many kids you'll have. You know, we do that like mash, right? Like you remember that game. And then you meet this person who you fall in love with and, and your trajectory of your life and your family is completely different than you could have ever even imagined. So I think that's a lot that, you know, you've got to unpack yourself as you go through the motions of the different things that come along with that, that surprise you. So yeah, I just, when this topic got some traction on our Facebook page, like that was the first thing that came to my mind, but, and I feel like you kind of agreed, but what's your thought on that? How did you feel? Yeah, I agree with you. I, definitely played mash when I was younger and nowhere on my what is what is that stand, what is mash stand for it's marriage uh age, age oh I don't something like, and then house is the age I don't yeah I don't remember but yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways nowhere on there was it it when I was doing it when I was younger it was like marriage yes age 22 because at the time I thought that was super old um and then nowhere did I put on there or imagine marry a man 13 years older than you with already two kids already been 
been already been married move into his house that he lived in with his ex-wife like that was definitely not the house that ended up on my mash <laughs> in my hopes it was like some mansion when I was 22 years old with god knows what kind of job <laughs> completely unrealistic expectations but I mean sure I dreamed about my wedding and was my wedding different than I imagined it for sure I mean I my only bridesmaid that I had in my wedding was my stepdaughter I also, when I was 16 year old, dreamed that at the age of 30, I would have 15 friends that I would want to be my bridesmaids. Turns out that's also not a reality. <laughs> Adult friendships are hard to come by and it takes a lot to ask someone to be in your wedding. So I just forewent that uh, in place of someone that I knew I could rely on, which was my stepdaughter. And I have no regrets about that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I can't really tell you there was ever a time where I sat down and said, wow, this isn't really what I imagined for myself. Because as soon as I started dating my husband, I, of course, I knew he had kids right from the get-go. So I immediately started thinking about, oh, what will this look like in the future, knowing that I want to be with him. And I mean, my 16-year-old mash days quickly fell out the window. So <laughs> it's no big deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, I guess, a a blended family on both sides. So for me, I kind of knew what that already looked like, but I also knew what I didn't want mine to look like based on the experiences that I had had. So that maybe give me gave me a little bit of an unfair advantage compared to those who maybe hadn't been in a blended family dealing with a stepmom or a stepdad it, throughout their childhood. But yeah, it, it was it was different. Well, and I think from my perspective, even finding out that, hey, I have kids, and then thinking about meeting them, it's all very nostalgic because you don't know, right? Like when you're dating somebody that has kids, they're not going to tell you about the drama with their ex or especially initially. So like they got to ease you into that so you don't run away like, no, I'm good. So it was very like nostalgic for me like, oh, well, this could be sweet because, you know, his kids hopefully will like me and like it's going to be this fun like I get to do fun things with these kids and um, they're older. So like different activities and helping them. And then you get into the reality of it and throw in all the stuff that comes along with that on the other side and emotions. And it's tough because it's just ever evolving. So I think a lot of stepmoms are like, oh my God, it's going to be flowers and candy. No girl. Yeah. It's not. It's a, <laughs> Hopefully it is, but probably not. I mean, that would be great. So I totally in preparation for this episode, I was doing some research on kind of stepmom expectations versus reality. So I want to go through a couple of these because I think they're really interesting. So the first one that I had come up with was this expectation that we're going to be one big happy family. Uh, what are your thoughts on that hope? I'm going to call it instead of an expectation. <laughs> I think that you always have to assume that you're going to be the outlier. And while you can have good times, you're still not the parent. So in some capacity, it's just different. I don't think it's, you can look at it as a historically one big happy family because it's it's just not ever going to be that way. It's a more modern, or I guess maybe there's a modernized version of that, yeah. right? Yeah, there very, very well could be. I think with that one in particular, Again, I go back to the phrase that I say a lot is expectation leads to disappointment. You know, I, I think removing that expectation that you're just you have to be this one big happy family or you have to be this quote unquote normal family in order for your familial unit to function. 
is unrealistic. I think, you know, the best you can do is just try to create a welcoming environment in your home and try to not force interactions or feelings or expectations on people that just, they may not be ready for yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say, you know, also to your point that if there's pushback on the other side, the best thing that you can do is just continue to be like, put your best foot forward and be stoic and kind. Um, yeah, I'm just reading some of the notes you put in here. So yeah, the the one, other one that I, I definitely think I even had somewhat of an expectation and I don't even really know why I had this, but this taps into a little bit of, you know, what we wanted to get into on this epi- episode too was expectation. Everyone is going to appreciate my contributions. In reality, <laughs> If you are an involved, kind person, you likely don't expect recognition. Same with, I think, most moms, right? But you also find yourself with certain feelings when the contributions that you're making either in your household or in your stepkids' lives aren't recognized or appreciated at all. Like that can feel painful. And I've got to imagine, I mean, I I guess you're the quote unquote real mom out of the two of us. So you have a bio kid, but does this apply across the board? Does this, is this just a stepmom thing? And what are your thoughts around stepmoms who maybe come into a relationship expecting everyone to not just appreciate their contributions, but even recognize them to begin with? I would say that it's very normal to have an expectation, even as a mom and a stepmom, that your kids in some capacity will appreciate you. It's also very normal that you're probably going to be left sad and at some point hurt that you're not appreciated in the way that you feel you should be. So it's different. As a mom, I guess you kind of know that in certain circumstances, as your kids get older, there's not going to be that level of appreciation. It's completely different when they're young because they're more innocent and rely on you pretty heavily. Your stepkids aren't going to rely on you in the same way a bio kid would when they're younger. So I think that's probably the hardest part, that when the kids are young and you you do things for them that you feel like should warrant this thank you or something verbally or even a hug you know whatever it may be it's harder when you don't receive that because inherently in their nature at that age that would be a common reaction yeah that's a good point I guess I didn't even really think about that aspect too and that the idea of reliance the younger they are and the fact that your stepkids already have two parents that they're used to relying on and that they they have to lean on and your bio kid, you're that person for them. So it's a little bit of a different mindset shift. Uh, one of the other scenarios underneath, like everyone appreciating and recognizing my contributions was the confusion around why perhaps the ex-wife seems so resistant to recognize the mom even at all. So, you know, they're sharing things like, hey, my partner trusts me and recognizes me and recognizes that I'm helpful with their kids. Shouldn't she? <laughs> And I have I have to giggle at that because I'm like, uh, absolutely not going to happen. Good luck. But I think the point to note here is that when they got divorced, she wasn't agreeing to co-parent with you. She was agreeing to co-parent with 
your significant other now and at that point of agreement it didn't involve anybody else and in many scenarios it doesn't need to so i think resetting your own expectations there around what you're going to expect from the kids what you're going to expect from the bio mom in terms of recognition acknowledgement is is probably the healthiest way to go about that i would agree with that and i think you have really good opinions on this but hindsight's 2020 right as a stepmom if I were to get divorced, I think, and my husband were to remarry again, and she was seemingly a nice person, I feel like I would try to rely more on her from a communication standpoint, just because women are more, even if you have kids or don't, you're more instinctually nurturing. And so that's like a missed opportunity for a lot of bio moms that tend to disregard the step parent. But what's like, what was your situation? I know you guys didn't have a lot of communication, but you did a lot for the family. So that, I mean, do you feel the same way that that would have benefited her really? For sure. I mean, for the most part, she and my husband didn't really have any major communication issues, I would say. I mean, comparatively speaking, right? We hear all the horror stories. So we hear about the people that have to use apps like Family Wizard and have to have all communication monitored by a judge because it can get so petty and just it's amazing to me how two functioning adults can't figure out how to just communicate productively with one another and how those two people at one point were married or in a significant relationship that involved children. But that's a, probably a whole nother conversation to have. But yeah, I mean, I think in that regard, we were pretty lucky. Like I've stayed far out of communications. And while I would ask my husband, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? Like, what's, what's the update? Is there anything new here or anything that I should know about? Or I see you're texting your ex-wife. What are you talking about? Like <laughs> whatever it was at that given moment in time, he was always really great about sharing whatever they were talking about with me. So I had that kind of foundational relationship with him and trust built that I could rely on. But I, I very much stayed out of communication. And even though when the kids were younger, especially we ended up at sporting events together, together and dinners together. And I always tried really hard to be cordial. And over the last few years, I would say there's been more communication between her and I around coordinating things because there's been just major milestones. Like we've had a graduation, we've had an 18th birthday, we're going to have another graduation coming up next year for college. And there's just a lot of things going on. So I've, I've tried to take the opportunity while we're together for birthday dinners or something along those lines to say, hey, here's what I've been thinking for XYZ event. If there's anything that I can help you with or do you want me to host? Do you want to host? So trying to just use those opportunities where I'm not putting my husband in the middle, but we're all there anyways. And I can, I'm a pretty good people reader too. So I can pretty much gauge if she's like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you about this because she'll have a certain look on her face or she'll sit at the opposite end of the table and, you know, not make eye contact with me or whatever it is. So I can, I can read the room. I know when the time is to, you know, maybe open a door for that line of communication. But beyond those in-person communications, we've never tried to coordinate outside of that. I've always left that up to my husband, which, you know, at some point you also kind of have to let go of, well, are they talking about that or not? I mean, eventually it's not within my control anymore and it's out of my hands. I I sent the reminders and if nothing happens after that, there's really not much I can do because I don't have a direct line of communication with her. But I would say I very quickly realized also not to expect any sort of recognition or appreciation from her. That's just not, that's not the person that's going to fill my cup when it comes to feeling needed and wanted and in my home, right? I get that first from my husband, second from my dogs, and maybe third from my stepkids and 
as they got older, maybe that that order switched up here and there. But I would I would have never expected her to thank me for anything or recognize any good doing really ever. I mean, even early in the beginning, it was, in fact, recognizing all the wrongdoing, like wearing leggings when we were 15 years old. But anyways. <laughs> oh, the thought didn't even cross my mind when we broached this topic about it ever coming from the other co-parent yeah I mean I think it's normally like the negative stuff that they highlight especially of course you know given circumstances but I really like this next question and I'm curious like your thoughts behind this um the quote you put in here it won't take long to feel normal oh what is normal (laughs) what even is that these days I think there was so there was a, a research paper that I had read that said forming a step family and really beginning to feel like a quote unquote family unit takes an average of four to seven years. So if you're looking at that in the grand spectrum of not even just being married, but let's say from dating to moving in together. I mean, let's see, my husband and I moved in together. I don't even remember what year, but I would say, I mean, it definitely took at least four years for us to feel some sense of normalcy then you throw in their just like teenage hormones and going through high school and middle school and all of that on top of it. And I still am really not sure if I know what normal looks like. I know now that I have a good relationship with my stepkids and I would think that if it were so traumatic for them growing up with me in the house that that probably wouldn't be the case. But I don't know. I mean, there's normal I think is just is really subjective. What do you think? No, I completely agree. And like I think about it and it's funny that there's that timeline of four to seven years because again I go back to the idea you have about a nuclear family and it's like instant right when you have a a child that dynamic is an instant love admiration appreciation there's no building that it just happens but it's so different when you're a step parent that comes into this family that's already been created and then dissolved and then you're reworking what that looks like and I can totally see how like probably definitely four years at minimum before the kids will like really trust you and put you in the circle and I think this there's the shift of four to seven years because it depends on their age and then it's ever evolving right like as a step parent if you do one thing to upset upset your your step kids it's like taking four steps back right whereas if you're a parent they forgive you because you're their parent so I think you're dealing with some of that too which is why we have the longer timeline but that's super interesting yeah it is interesting and I I think too I mean when you think about let's say what most people assume is a normal family. I think there are some things that you could probably borrow from that playbook that will help create a sense of normalcy within your new version of your family. And those are things like making sure you're prioritizing alone time with each kid, not just for you as a stepmom, but for your spouse, right? Like, is there any is there any moment, when was the last time your husband spent an alone night out at dinner or to a movie with his daughter or with his son or with his kids together without you there. Like in a normal family, it's still super great to have, you know, daddy daughter time or to have dad and son go to a football game or mom and daughter go to a football game or mom and daughter go shopping, like whatever that looks like. And I think sometimes in a blended family that gets lost a little bit because you're trying so hard to figure everything else out. And that was one thing that we did when 
my stepkids were probably like late middle school age, early high school age that I think was really helpful. It's not all, it doesn't always have to be me with them. I think it's important to show that we all value alone time with their parents, whatever that might look like. And I think that's so great. I completely agree. And we, we tried to do that in the beginning and even ongoing, but we weren't consistent enough with it that I think as consistent as we could have been. And then the piece from my perspective where I could have done better is I felt like if I wasn't involved in all of the things, then it meant I wasn't important or they didn't like me or, you know, I was like very negative about what that perception would mean if I wasn't there or present for some of that family stuff. And really, in reality, I think kids appreciate so much more when you do take a step back and say, hey, listen, I know that I'm a new person in this dynamic, or maybe I've been here for 10 years, but I still appreciate the fact that I don't need to be involved in everything. And I think it takes like, um, definitely for me, it was like maturity and just being in the situation and, and learning as I go to get to that point. But I wish I would have done it sooner because I think it, it really, as much as you think it's going to be a negative thing, it's not. It's a very positive thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that does come with maturity. I was just trying to do the math and figure out how old I was when I became a quote unquote stepmom. And I was in my mid to late 20s. Like, holy shit, man, that is that is really young. And especially not having previously had kids of my own, being at that age, which, you know, now I'm 35 and I think anything below 30 is like, you have no idea what you're doing with your life yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I was that age, I was like, it's fine. I know everything. But I think about being that age and I think about how I went from never having kids of my own, having no idea what it was like to raise kids to all of a sudden like instantly being in a family unit. And I mean, we're at, you know, mostly the tail end of it at this point, I think in terms of like what is considered the most tumultuous times in step parent relationships. But oof, man, that's that's a lot of change. And I think just being realistic with ourselves on what we could and should be involved in and not having expectations around that, being okay with spending a night by yourself, if that's what makes sense for everyone at the time, like that does come with time. It comes with maturity. Maybe it's age. I don't experience. I'm I'm not really sure what's all involved in that. Maybe all of the above, but yeah. And I, I think that you're so scrutinized as a step parent if I would have learned that earlier on and practiced that, it would have saved me a lot of heartache and trouble just from being under a microscope and things about me being heightened that really weren't, but I was probably not doing all the right things. So like heed my warning, <laughs> try, <laughs> just really try to not care so much and you'll be fine. I think there's a difference too between looking at those moments in time to feel a certain kind of way, whether that's feeling appreciated, recognized, whether that's feeling like you're, they have, you know, you have their approval as the mom figure in that particular house. I think it's just, it's interesting to think about. There was a, when I was again doing research for this episode, I read this differentiation between appreciation and approval that I wanted to share. So what it says is to express appreciation is a way to celebrate and tell someone something that he or she said or did not say that met our needs. 
So appreciations consist of an observation, a pleasant feeling, and a need that has been met. They're often nourishing for the recipient as well as for the sender. So it feels good to tell someone, I appreciate you, just as it feels good to hear those words from someone else. And then approval, on the other hand, is praise and compliments that are kinds of rewards based on the concept of right and wrong, normal and abnormal. Those words contain judgment and may establish an often devastating addiction to approval from others, thereby sometimes contributing to people disregarding their own needs in favor of needs of others. And when I read that last sentence, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> you just described a whole bunch of stepmoms, right? Like basically, I, I feel like 70% of the messages that we get, whether it's a mini sewed submission, whether it's an Instagram DM, are these women who are making these exceptions to what would normally be considered a relationship rule for themselves because they're so desperate to seek the approval of their stepkids or their husband in their role as a stepmom in their relationship like it just it blows my mind and when i read that particular sentence i was like oh i feel like i feel personally attacked a little bit on that <laughs> yeah and i wasn't going to bring this up but we you know we have people that reach out and they either want us to highlight their story on a minisode or they're just looking for advice and this resonates with so many of the messages we've gotten with people just looking for advice where they're not seeing things from a realistic perspective that things are so far out of their control and they're just wanting to appease their stepkids for approval but their stepkids are like so far in left field of being wrong and but they're still questioning themselves and I'm like it seems so obvious from the outside looking in. How do how do you not see it in the moment, but then you put yourself in those shoes and it's like you have all these excuses, right? Well, they're kids. Well, maybe so-and-so should have done this or so-and-so should have done that. Maybe I can save them. And it's like that goes back to this approval thing. It's not our job to fix things we didn't break, but for some reason we feel obligated to fix things we didn't break because of maybe we'll get approval. Maybe then that will be the catalyst that will make us important in somebody's life. But I'm just totally like connecting random dots on that. I think you need to make a poster that says that it's not our job to fix things we didn't break. But you're right. Next it, Instagram post. It does make sense. I I think it's a, a valid point. And I, I don't know why, why we feel like we need that constantly. And like we talked about before, I mean, there is no normal versus abnormal or right or wrong. It's completely subjective. And even when it's not subjective, people still feel like they could argue either side. Like if your kids called you an asshole and you're like, well, but they just had a really hard day. Like <laughs> what? We don't we don't make exceptions like that really for anything else. So why are why are we doing that? here it's pretty mind-blowing so one of the one of the other things that i wanted to bring up was the idea of number one where where is realistic for us to expect that we're getting support or validation from and then if it's outside of our home where else are healthy places for us to go for support and what are some places where you would not recommend going for support i was not prepared for this question this is a good one though <laughs> Gosh, I think friends and family, but you've got to be cautious because sometimes they will tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. So that's not really answering that question. <laughs> no, I think I think you're on to something though, right? Because I think it can be, it's easy for us, so let's say you're going to your mom. Your mom's first instinct is going to be pr to protect you. And sometimes your mom may not understand the inner workings of your family and 
she's going to take your side regardless. So when you think about that and if you have a parent that's particularly opinionated, the first thing they're going to say is whatever it is that's going to protect you most. And that might not be what you want. Maybe you don't want to leave. Maybe you want better advice on how to stick it out. So I feel that way too about friends. So I don't have a lot of stepmom friends outside of, of you and a few others that even really I don't talk to very much, which is part of the reason we started this podcast. But I have found it's really hard to have conversations about being a stepmom with my friends that are not stepmoms. They just don't get it. And I've found that when I've brought things to the table to problem solve with them or if I'm just having a day and I'm like, I need to I need to talk this through with someone. Am I crazy? They they don't know what to say. They don't know how to react. They try to give advice as if it were if they were legitimately my own kids. And while I like to think of them that way in many scenarios, that is not the reality. So the application of that advice is just sometimes not realistic. Hey mom, if you're listening, can we backtrack on what Bailey said about that you should always support me and not my husband <laughs> when you say that I'm being mean to him? <laughs> She'll be like, Elise, you need to be nice to him. And I'm like, awesome. I am being nice to him. Can't you, like, she can't just agree with me one time. Like, yeah, he's being a dick. Um, but no, I, when you say that, it makes me think about dynamics with my friends who have gone through divorces and like, how does that shift? So, you know, as they get put into situations where their ex-husbands are dating and introducing women to the kids, like questions that they'll ask me or things that I need to be cognizant that I don't say to upset them because it is hard, right? Regardless, there's emotions involved. So sometimes like I don't want to continue to vent to them about some of the stuff I deal with because I don't want it to trigger them if they're dealing with something that I don't know about. So I think just, you know, in that capacity, like really the only person I completely bitch to all the time who I know is going to listen to me is my therapist because I'm, I'm paying her. So like <laughs> she has to, she's, she's got to listen. <laughs> That's a good point. I think, well, I mean, the idea of a mostly unbiased third party is a great one. And when you can't find that, I think joining stepmom groups on Facebook and reaching out to fellow stepmoms that you know you can kind of have in your corner when you need to go to them for advice, I think is sage advice. I also think that you should be able to lean on your partner. And we get a lot of messages of women who feel like they can't communicate with their partner. They don't know how to communicate with their partner. And I think to be able to get through this dynamic and not lose your sanity, you've like you've got to find a way to have open communication without either of you feeling like you're bombarding one another because you're both going through it together. So I just think I've always used my husband as like a sounding board as my 101 go-to. Yeah, same. I know there's disagreement on this statement broadly, but I really do feel like your relationship and your marriage should be first priority. And I would feel that way if I were a bio mom or if I were a stepmom, because if you're putting your kids first, which like, of course, absolutely, your kids are the most important thing in the entire world to you. Yes, I get it. I get the sentiment. But if you're putting your kids first and ultimately you're making decisions solely based on what your kids want and need, and you're not considering your spouse or your partner in that equation, why be married? Like, what's the point? And, you know, how are you setting a good example for your kids on 
what a healthy relationship should look like if you're not respecting your wife or your husband and who's your partner in life if you don't feel like you can legitimately have a conversation with your husband and he doesn't support your opinion or your viewpoints I mean that is a really fucking lonely place to be and that is not a marriage that I would want to be in and I would say I mean I've never I've always known in my heart that if I was hanging off of a cliff and one of my husband's kids was hanging off of a cliff he would absolutely rip the kid up before he ripped me up like always know that in my heart but it it's never felt sacrificial in our relationship where it meet what that means is that my opinion doesn't matter it shouldn't feel that way you should be able to prioritize your relationship and make your kids feel important and like they're a priority and they're loved while setting a good example all around but so funny the kind of immediate whiplash that some people get when you're like no your your relationship here should be your priority and they're like what no my kids are the priority what are you talking about i'm like well i i didn't say they shouldn't be a priority it just meant like how can you have a family functioning unit if your marriage doesn't work <laughs> like it's not a family anymore it doesn't function well, uh, like I completely agree with that. And I love the analogy that you gave because if there was a do or die situation, I would absolutely want anyone to save my child before they saved me. But in the same breath, my child doesn't make all the decisions in my life. I make those decisions with my husband and, you know, the kids have to kind of go along with what we decide because we're the parents. Like, I can't imagine just letting your kids rule the roost and then how many arguments that would create because that's a lot of angst. Yeah. Like I said, not a marriage I want to be in, but you know, lots, lots of things that we have an opinion on that others disagree with and that's totally okay. Healthy disagreement is good disagreement, <laughs> but <laughs> if you disagree, do not leave a review on Apple podcasts. Please do. No, I'm joking. Please. You know what? Do your thing. Listen, we're all for honest reviews on Apple Podcasts, but if you're just being a shithead because you don't like us and you've never listened to our podcast, please have the day that you deserve and have maybe not a good one. (laughs) I don't have time for this. Start using that. Have the day you deserve. (laughs) Right? It kind of leaves it open because you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) We have two new quotes for uh, Instagram from from this episode. It's so funny to think about saying that to someone because they have to think about, whoa, what does she mean by that? I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to have a bad day. You'll never know. Hopefully they'll be thinking about it. <laughs> either either turn your toot around or I guess you get what you deserve. Karma's a bean. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Well, this was great. Hopefully everyone listening got at least one or two takeaways and uh, some helpful advice on how to deal with just appreciation, recognition, um, feelings around being a stepmom and expectations within the family household. But if you have additional questions, you, of course, are always welcome to reach out to us, stepmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. Please give us a follow. And of course, ratings on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever other platform you're listening to. We so appreciate your support. We want to continue doing our podcast because we know it makes a difference but in order to do that we need your open support so thank you for everything that you're doing and we will see you next time bye bye my bio is delayed (laughs) i'll cut out the dinner